waiting. How do you wait? Maybe you keep yourself occupied with something else in the meantime. Do you not mind waiting? Or do you do what I do and specifically make sure that you aren't somewhere early so that you don't have to wait? We all have our little tactics of what to do while we wait for someone, don't we? There's the tap of the foot, the look up into the sky, and the iconic twiddling of the thumbs. I find there's always the same list of things I think through when I'm waiting for someone. Am I late? Check the watch. No, it's okay, I'm on time. Am I in the right place? Check the address. Yeah, I'm in the right place, it's, it's all right. Two minutes later, and I begin to run through all of the reasons why the person I'm waiting for isn't there yet. Stuck in traffic, uh, are they at the wrong place? Or maybe they're just like me and didn't want to get there early. So tonight we're also going to be talking uh, about waiting and the different attitudes towards that. So my first point tonight is don't be a donkey. One of the main things that sticks out to me from the passage this evening is the disciples' response to Jesus after he's told them that they're going to be baptised with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Instead of marvelling at this beautiful gift that they're about to be given, asking more about the Spirit, or even just being grateful, they want to ask other questions, wanting to know everything. Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They ask. They want to know if this is it, almost like a small child on a long journey. Are we nearly there yet? In the same way, we can compare the disciples to Donkey. They both want to know how far away the end is. We may also find ourselves wondering how long we're going to be here on earth before we are finally with our Father, face to face. It's so typical of us humans wanting to know everything though, isn't it? We have this desire to need everything to be under our control and to be done to our timing. But Jesus' response to us and the disciples is that it's not for us to know everything. And instead, we must trust him, wait, and focus on what he's doing in our lives now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, says Jesus. He wants the disciples to focus on the here and now, instead of worrying about what may or may not happen in the future. The fact is that we have no idea how long it's going to be and we're going to have to wait for Jesus to come back. In the same way that a small child has no concept of the length of a journey or how long it will take to get somewhere, we do not know how long it's going to be before Jesus returns. So my first point tonight, even though it might seem kind of obvious, is that we're going to have to wait for Jesus to come back. Rather than being like the disciples and focusing on the wrong thing, let's stay in the present, leaving the future where it belongs, ahead of us. As tempting as it may be to worry about the future, it does not and cannot add a single day to our lives. Instead, it robs us of the time that we have now. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, in the message, it says, Give your attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So don't be a donkey worrying about the future. 
Instead, let's put our faith in Jesus and trust our Father's plan. Our second point tonight is to be like Fiona. In verse 9 of the passage, it says that Jesus was then taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And a few verses on, the disciples are told by two angels that Jesus will return. We can sometimes forget that these disciples are real people. And if I was a disciple at this point, I would have absolutely zero emotional energy left. First, they thought that Jesus was the Messiah. And then he was crucified and died. But then they saw him alive and lived with him for 40 days. And now they've just seen him being taken up into heaven. It must have been so tough for them, emotionally, never really knowing what was going to happen next. But they are comforted by the words of the two men dressed in white who tell them that Jesus is coming back. That must have been a great assurance to them, knowing that their Jesus would return and that he would return in the same way that he left. Of course, the disciples did not have the rest of scriptures that we now have access to today because they hadn't been written yet. However, we have the privilege of being able to see where else Jesus' return is referenced in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, says that he will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 30, Jesus says that he will return with great power and glory. And Matthew Chapter 16, verse 27, says that the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. But although we've been promised that Jesus will return, it can sometimes be hard to believe, since we live in a fallen world, don't we? We're kind of living in a limbo world. We know that Jesus has come and defeated death and sin and shame. But yet we still see it all around us today. We all experience pain and suffering. We all still experience sin in our lives. But the ascension of Jesus reminds us that he is in control. Rather than a sad goodbye, the ascension is God's promise to us that Jesus will return. And that this is not the end. There is still another chapter to be written. He is the one seated on high on his throne. We are promised that he will return. And he will. This is such great news for us. We should rejoice in this. The fact that Jesus reigns and will do forevermore. Our king has won. Isn't that amazing? Jesus will return as ruler, as king. He's seated on his throne now in heaven. The war against evil has been won by Jesus' death and resurrection. At some point, the end will come, and we must be excited for Jesus' return. We should rejoice like Fiona did, when her reply to the question of, are we there yet, was finally, yes. Yes, we are. At some point, God's answer to our question of, are we there yet, will be, yes. Yes, we are. Although life may seem bleak at times, Things around us might seem darker than ever, and the things we see on the news don't ever seem to be getting better. 
Let's hold on to the fact that Jesus will return and by grace we will spend eternity with him. Be like Fiona and hold on to the fact that the end of the journey will come. Our third point tonight is to not be like Shrek. I've spoken about Jesus' return, but how should we wait for him then? And why are we waiting? Well, we are told in 2 Peter chapter 3 from the message version of the Bible, don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years. A thousand years as a day. God isn't late with his promise, as some measure lateness. He's restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. That answers why we're waiting. The reason is that God has compassion on us and is giving us time to change our ways and come to him. So how should we be waiting then? Well, we are called to live lives that please God and to love one another. Let's not forget what Jesus' response was when asked what the greatest commandment in all the law was. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. We've also been commanded to go and make disciples of all nations. Let's not let our lives slip away from us without having any impact on the world around us. That's what being passive looks like. That's what the enemy wants from us. He's happy for us to sit back and cruise through our lives without taking anyone with us into God's kingdom. Instead, let's go and do what we've been commanded to do. What's being asked of us does not have to involve travelling to different countries on missions trips or preaching to thousands of people at a time, although that may be some people's calling. Instead, striking up a conversation with a colleague at work about faith or inviting a friend to Alpha are a few examples of the many things that God loves to see us doing. We must not be like Shrek, constantly shutting down Donkey, whilst he himself was sitting in silence, doing absolutely nothing, wasting precious time. He was just sitting there, waiting for the final destination. Don't be like Shrek, doing nothing, passively waiting for the end to come. As it's the book of Acts we're looking at, I can't not talk about the Holy Spirit. So that's our fourth point this evening. Give the Holy Spirit free reign in your life and live live each moment with him. I wonder, are we living each day with the knowledge that Jesus will return? Are we living each day with our faith in him? Or are we living in fear of tomorrow, wanting control over it, wanting to know everything? Sometimes in our lives we can lose sight of the bigger picture. We get so caught up in the troubles of today that we can forget that our Lord has already won. Sometimes I think I just need a reminder to take a step back and say, Jesus, I trust you. Your will be done in this situation, whatever it may be. Sometimes I can forget to tune into the Spirit. I start to live life my own way and then I wonder why I feel so far away from God. We can forget that we have been commanded by Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations while we wait for his return, as I've said already. 
We're not commanded to sit in boredom while we wait for Jesus. No. Instead, he's provided us with the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us and guide us as we actively wait for our Saviour's return. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This power that was given to the disciples allowed them to speak in tongues, to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He guides us and helps us in areas of our life that we struggle with. He gives us the strength to go and comfort those in need. He gives us the courage to witness to others about our faith, to feed the hungry, to comfort the lonely, to look after the sick, and so much more that we would never have imagined doing without him in our lives. This Holy Spirit, this gift to us from the Father, is here tonight. He's with us now. He lives inside us. Can we just take a moment to think about that? What a wonderful gift we've been given. Tonight, we've spoken a lot about waiting. And I think people in my generation find it particularly hard to wait, since we seem to have everything at our fingertips so quickly. Need to get a message to someone? Drop them a text that arrives instantly at their phone. Waiting in a queue? That's okay. Just get out your phone and scroll aimlessly through whatever app until you get to the front. Even so, I think we can all agree that no matter how much patience you have or how busy your life seems, we all have that dead time that seems to have no use to us. My first reaction in these situations is to pull my phone out of my pocket and look through my notifications. What a waste of time that is. Surely that time can be used to better effect. Well, these are perfect opportunities to bring the Holy Spirit into our day with a simple prayer. It may just be to say hi to God. It may just be to ask him to be present in a situation in our lives. It may be to thank him for something that he's doing for us at the moment. Over the last few days, I've really tried to use all of the dead time that I have and give each of those moments to God. And what I've discovered is that it's really hard to do. But once you get into the habit of doing it, it becomes a lot easier and it's so much more enjoyable and way more fulfilling than spending 10 minutes on my phone. I feel so much closer in my relationship with God now due to actively bringing him into my day. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that we can constantly be in communication with our Father throughout the day. And just as the Holy Spirit should be with us in the big moments, when we take a leap of faith or step out, so should the Holy Spirit be with us in the small moments, when everything seems to be normal and we're waiting for dull things, like for the kettle to boil. Next time we find ourselves aimlessly killing time, waiting for simple things that everyone has to, perhaps we could turn our minds towards prayer, which is an infinitely better way to use that dead time that we normally let go to waste. As we come to a close, let's just recap what we've spoken about tonight. Our first point was don't be a donkey. Recognise the fact that we're going to have to wait and that our lives and things on earth are never going to be perfect until Jesus comes back. Second was to be like Fiona. Remember where our final destination is and rejoice in the fact that our Lord has won the battle. Third, don't be like Shrek, passively waiting. 
We should be actively awaiting the arrival of our king, getting on with the things that we've been commanded to do. Don't let our lives go to waste. Fourth and finally, remember that we have the Holy Spirit with us every step of the journey if we ask him to be. And that the Spirit is not like some gifts that we get on Christmas Day and then pack away into the loft and forget about. Instead, his influence in our lives should not grow any less as we get older. Like a candle's flame, his light should not grow any dimmer as we reach the end of our lives. It should burn just as brightly from the moment it is lit all the way to the end. In the same way, the Spirit is still as active in our lives as he was in the disciples' lives 2,000 years ago when mankind received such an amazing gift in him. I think we should remember this as we go through Acts together over the next couple of months, that everything we read about that is done in the name of Jesus through the Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit that lives with us today, the same Holy Spirit that has just as much power and the same Holy Spirit who desperately wants to be a part of our lives. Let's allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to transform our lives and use them to bring God glory and to love others while we wait for our Saviour to return. Amen.